before I could even really give it much thought, she put it straight up my nose. It's quite, it's quite long, so it goes really deep into your head, basically. Um, and you can feel it making contact with, I guess, the kind of flaps at the back of your, very back of your throat. So you can, you can kind of feel it in there, and then she spends 10 seconds twisting it around in a circular motion, counting to 10. Oh, God. Hello, and welcome to Deep Dive. From the confines of my apartment, I'm Oscar Boyd. One of the things that I've been most curious about during the coronavirus crisis here in Japan is testing. If I were to contract COVID-19 or start experiencing symptoms of the disease, how would I go about getting a test? And if I got a test, what would that experience be like? Japan has tested few people compared to many other countries and information about the process has been scarce. Then over the weekend, I received a message from a friend of mine. His name is Joe Oliver and he's a freelance graphic designer who's lived in Tokyo for about a year and a half now. He wrote to me to say he'd just been tested for COVID-19 at a hospital here in Tokyo and was awaiting his results. So today we're bringing you his story to try and shed some light on what it's like to be tested here, what the process is like and how he went about getting a test in the first place. Thankfully, his test came back negative, but he remains in voluntary self-isolation as the number of cases continues to increase around the city. Yeah, why don't we start with like, what actually prompted you to get tested? Okay, so yeah, so about last Thursday, I just woke up with a bit of a cough um, and I just felt a bit wheezy in my chest. And I've had a bit of asthma before when I was a child. It's never really been an issue, but it was just something I noticed and uh, it just got a little bit worse into Friday night. I started to cough a bit harder and it started to worry me a little bit. Um, that's where it all started, really. And what and what were you feeling at that time? Were you feeling like concerned about it, or were you just not too bothered? Well, of course, because it was like noticeably like a new thing, and obviously following the news pretty closely, I'm definitely aware of what's going on. So I'm hyper aware of what's going on, I should say, really. So it's definitely on my mind. I didn't think, oh my god, I've got coronavirus, but you know, it was just something. It wasn't. It wasn't that bad. I didn't have a fever. It was just more of an annoyance than anything else. And how long did that go on for? So basically what happened is, so that started sort of Thursday, Friday, and then it didn't get a whole lot worse, but it got a bit worse. Um, and it went on all weekend and it still was lingering around in the week. And then it felt a fair bit worse on Wednesday night to the point where I felt like I was starting to struggle to breathe a little bit. Um, so then I thought, this, this has sort of gone on long enough. I need to go to the doctor and just get it checked out. Even though by this point I still hadn't really had a fever, just this cough and my breathing felt a bit laboured. So then on Thursday morning I went to see my local doctor at the clinic. Um, and then she checked me out. My blood oxygen was fine. Uh, but she listened to my chest and, like, hearing my cough, asked me to go to the hospital uh, to have my, you know, to potentially be checked for COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And at this point, so you've gone to your doctor and you're basically seeking recommendation or not whether to get a test. Yeah. But what did you know of the testing procedure in Japan? Well, I mean, I wasn't actually seeking to get a test. I wasn't, I didn't think that I had coronavirus because 
I didn't have most of the symptoms that I'd read about. It was just this cough. So it was more than anything, I wanted to make sure that I didn't have some sort of issue with my breathing. Of course, I was thinking about coronavirus, but I didn't go there aiming for a test. I definitely heard that getting a test was really hard if you wanted one. And I'd heard like anecdotally about people who had all the symptoms or a lot more symptoms than I did and was still not getting a test, even with like super high fever and the cough in combination. Uh, so I was a bit surprised and kind of scared when the doctor recommended I go and get the test. And she wrote a note for me to take like an, a letter and she called the hospital ahead of time for me to go down there. That made me a bit concerned. Was it a specialised hospital you were sent to or was it a general yeah, actually, hospital? It was the, um, it was the self-defence force hospital near Setagaya Goan, uh, which is the same hospital that the Diamond Princess passengers were all sent to. So it kind of looked, it's got military people outside, so it even looks scary when I rocked yeah. up there, you know. You have to get checked in through the military gate. And, and, you've, and you've kind of got this slip in hand to say, I've been recommended for they, a, yeah, a test. Yeah, ex exactly, exactly. And how were you feeling at that point? What was going through your head as you went through the military gates and past well, the soldiers? <laughs> well, I'm starting to think at this point, if I'm, if I'm here, especially since it's the one I've read, you know, the Diamond Princess was in the news in such a big way. I was like, wow, maybe this is more serious than I thought. Because, again, I still didn't have the symptoms I would have expected. I was coughing, but not heavily. Um, so by this point, I guess anxiety was starting to kick in, you know, a fair bit. And then I guess that starts to take over and make things even worse. Then the vicious cycle begins kind of thing, you know? Mm. Um, so then after that, uh, I walked up to the, to the main uh, entrance of the hospital and there's a tent outside with some nurses and kind of like a little waiting area, like a little bus stop inside the tent where you stick the thermometer under your arm and then um, everyone's waiting for it to start to beep and then a nurse will come and check. And then after that, they, uh, I guess, send you to where you need to go. So that's the first sort of point of call at the hospital. So before you actually got the the test in full, mm. apart from the fact that you might have the disease, what were the um, kind of biggest concerns and anxieties? You know, were you worried about potentially going into hospital in a foreign country, or you know, yeah. potentially being sent home? I, d I don't think that's Japan policy, but you know, were, were there those kinds of concerns as well? Well, at this point, I didn't think I would be getting a test because I I just sort of thought that. Once another nurse or whatever in the in the triage, I suppose, had seen me, that I'd probably be end up going back. Because I, again, I maybe in denial, but just trying to think, that I didn't feel too bad. Um, obviously, I live alone here, which also makes things worse in terms of anxieties. Um, I have a great support network of friends, but obviously, I don't want to be seeing anybody because I'm self isolating anyway before all of this stuff. So the whole the whole process was pretty lonely and pretty scary in that regard for sure. Um, yeah, it's it was all it was all a bit of a sensory overload with the masks and the military and obviously the language barrier is still a mm. bit of a thing for me. Was it all in Japanese or did you manage to uh, 
find support in in English as well. Um, a lot of the nurses didn't didn't speak English, but the doctors I ended up speaking to did, which was good. And obviously, my clinic doctor speaks English. At least with the nurses, I was doing my best, and they were doing their best, and everyone was very friendly and super understanding and laughing around a little bit when I was talking to them. At least at the front door. <laughs> and then. Once you get inside, things get a bit serious. <coughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. There's the evidence in audio form, the yeah, cough. I'm trying to suppress it as best I can. <laughs> no worries. Okay, so you arrive in this, in the self-defense force mm. hospital. You go into this tent, you've got mm. a thermometer under your arm. Yeah. Describe that moment to me. Were there many other people in the tent or was it fairly segregated if there were, were other people what kind of people were there and there's probably about four other there's probably about four nurses and about four other people sitting having their temperature checked i guess everybody was wearing masks they were just like normal people I'm not sure if they were patients waiting to go into the hospital or people just visiting or doing work there it's hard to tell but everyone was just kind of sitting on a seat keeping their distance from each other. Although, if it was full of people, there'd be no way to avoid sitting next to each other. Um, and people were just in normal masks, including the nurses. It wasn't the full kind of hazmat suit style stuff then. Okay, so very light protective gear. Yeah, yeah, at that point but, it was, but, yeah. but this was the specific point for COVID or potential COVID patients to go this, to. This is just the initial gate before you go into the actual hospital building. It's right outside the front of the hospital building. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like for the COVID area. It was just for general hospitals so they could monitor everyone that's going in and out. Okay, I see. And so you get your temperature taken there mm. and and what happens next? So I had my temperature taken, and which was, which was fine. Um, and then I gave those nurses my note, which they then read, and then... Two very friendly uh, nurses escorted me around the side of the hospital, away from the front entrance, um, into a side entrance. And then in that side entrance, there was a, a blocked off door with just a barrier over it, where they um, moved the barrier aside, opened the door and led me through there into this corridor and then into a kind of service looking elevator, I guess. Um, and we went up to the ninth floor. And then once we got to the ninth floor, the door opened. I was kind of greeted by the full Corona Death Star. <laughs> and my first glimpse of the, you know, the doctors and nurses in the full N5 masks and hazmat suits and goggles. So at this point, you're properly segregated. You're yeah. being kept away from the people. Yeah. Has it started to kick in at this point that, it could be something serious. It was more the fault that I didn't expect that it was something serious. I was kind of, I was still kind of surprised that I was there because it didn't feel to me like I was super sick. So that was that was my main kind of feeling. But this this is like you know, obviously anxiety is starting to ramp up even more. Um, but also I was kind of fascinated because I've been following the news. I felt like I was kind of like in the real heart of like this huge story, you know, and what I'd seen on the news was kind of all of a sudden it was very real. Mm. So I'm just kind of looking around wide eyed, like what is going on? 
And was there a sense of calm or was it quite busy, frenetic? What what was the atmosphere once you've gone through those lift doors on the ninth floor? It was it was kind of calm really. I, I sort of I, I went in and the other nurses didn't leave the lift with me. They they went back down, so I was kind of looking at where to go, and then a sort of a nurse spotted me trying to figure out where I should go on that floor and sort of basically ran over to me. There was a few nurses sort of loitering around in the corridor, but it wasn't like frenetic people running around because I guess that's not this is just the sort of the triage area the COVID triage area I guess so that that wasn't a part of it I don't think I'd be able to handle it if it was all like that so the nurse collects you she's she's wearing full hazmat gear and face mask um and then you proceed to get your test taken or was there anything else you had to do so so yeah at that point there was a small table and some like booths set up for people to wait but I was the only patient there I didn't see anyone else there so I sat straight down at this small table the nurse sat opposite me and then she took my blood oxygen again um, and then she took my temperature again and I filled out a big uh, I guess like a triage form of age date of birth previous medical history symptoms everything that I just explained to my doctor before I got there basically mm. and, and did she express any surprise that you were there at this point you've been through a couple of temperature checks yeah you've not got a fever you have a cough and some difficulty breathing Mm. um kind of i guess a limited subset of the Mm. what might be the coronavirus symptoms so did did she seem surprised at all that you were there or no she didn't seem surprised but then she she didn't speak this particular nurse didn't speak any english basically at all so it's it's kind of hard for me to tell but it was it was quite matter of fact she was also very friendly and kind of calming um had a calming demeanor about her for sure which was nice but she she didn't express any kind of indicators to me apart from I know after having my blood oxygen taken I know my blood oxygen was like 99 which is perfectly healthy so that obviously made me feel a bit more at ease but apart from that I was I expected to kind of be told you know you don't need to be here basically And what was the test itself like? I waited a little while and then I got taken through to a consultation room um, and then to really nice English-speaking young uh, female doctors came in along with the nurse I spoke to initially and sat me down and then again I ran through my symptoms and everything with those doctors. They went off and I waited a bit longer. They came back and said, you know, based on what you've told us and you know, what we can see checking you out. We want you to do the COVID-19 test plus a blood test and an X-ray. So at this point, I'm thinking, wow, like, really? Okay. And uh, Again, like, the anxiety spikes up a bit. Um, uh, I waited a bit longer and then they came back in with the test itself and I saw, the, which I'd seen on Twitter and on the internet, the long swab, the infamous... <laughs> PCR swab the one um, that goes up your nose yeah exactly that so obviously I had the blood test first of all which I'm, I'm not funny about blood tests that was that was fine so they just took some blood from my arm and then she said okay so this is the test you might have heard about it's um really really painful I'm not gonna lie to you 
And at this point I'm thinking, oh my God, really? I heard it wasn't that bad. I heard it was just weird. So I was like, okay. But she said, um, little kids have it all the time and they've been fine with it. So you're going to be fine. So I said, okay, like, no worries. And, and you're, bigger than, you're bigger than a little kid, so everything should be okay. Maybe physically, but not really. At heart. <laughs> not in other ways, yeah. <laughs> um, so then, yeah, so they took it out of the, the sort of wrapping. And then before I could even really give it much thought, she put it straight up my nose. It's quite, it's quite long, so it goes really deep into your head, basically. Um, and you can feel it making contact with, I guess, the kind of flaps at the back of your, very back of your throat, up in your nasal mm. cavity, I would have thought. So you can, you can kind of feel it in there. And then she spends 10 seconds twisting it around in a circular motion, counting to 10. Oh, God. Um, it didn't hurt at all. It's just very unpleasant. And then she pulls it out pretty quickly and said that, you know, that's it. And I said, I. Right, it didn't. It didn't really hurt. She said, "Yeah, I, I kind of lied to you. I just have to give you that disclaimer in case, you know, it catches you by surprise at how strange it feels." Um, so Set overall, expectations say, high and yeah, and fail to deliver. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, it, it didn't hurt, but it was definitely strange. It was a really strange feeling. Yeah. And so they took that test. They took your blood. They gave you an X-ray. Um, which I guess was to, to was to check out your lungs for the X-ray. They told me that's to check check for signs of pneumonia. <clears throat> so I got sent into another room, and, and then another doctor came through and did the X-ray for me. Um, and then I was sent into a kind of waiting area behind a curtain just to sit for maybe half an hour while I guess they checked my blood and X-ray. And by this point. There was another patient, I think she was in the same room as me, in another area of the room behind a curtain. So I could kind of hear someone else coughing and moving around a little bit, which was a bit mm. of a strange thing. But, but you, were, you were still kept physically separate, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was nowhere near anyone else through the whole time. Um, so then, yeah, after that, I the doctors came back in to see me and she said, um, you know, your, your blood is her words, not mine, perfect. So she said, you're in very good health. And also, um, your x-ray doesn't show any signs of pneumonia yet. So I was like, okay, that's probably a good thing then. Which, so so you, got, you got two out of the three results. Straight away. On the spot, basically. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that was all very quick. Yeah. Um, and then I said, okay, so the, the corona test itself, how long does that take to arrive? Because I'd heard just from the internet, wherever that it can take up to five days. And she said, oh, I don't think it's going to be five days. I think it's maybe more like two. And then after going back again and coming back, she said, actually, we can have the result for you today, later this evening. So I was like, oh, okay, wow, that's good. So she said, well, for now, you know, your symptoms, you haven't got a fever and we don't know that you have it. So we can give you medication if you'd like any. And I said, you know, anything you'd recommend? And she said, maybe... Some anti-anxiety pills. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> she said, um, we'll give you some paracetamol, if you'd like some paracetamol. So I got a prescription for some paracetamol because there's a big... She told me there's a chance I'd start to develop a fever, if, you know, obviously, if I do have it. Mm. Um, 
And then that was it. I was kind of escorted out of that area, thanked them all profusely, and then down I went and off I went home, back into self-isolation to await my results. So if you were to sum up that whole experience, was it, I mean, apart from the fact it was an invasive medical procedure that stuffed something down the back of your nose, mm. like, how, how, would, how would you rate that experience? <laughs> um, I thought it was much better than I'd been led to believe in the news, I think. It was all very fast for me and it was pretty streamlined and um I you know I didn't have to ask for the test or anything it all just kind of they decided to do it for me and everyone was very friendly and seemed very positive and upbeat and um it was all very quick I don't think it I was in there for longer than about an hour and a half maybe I was expecting to be in there for a long time and you'd got the recommendation from your doctor that same morning mm. or the, the same day yeah okay. so I went straight from my clinic to the hospital and then straight straight in and straight up there and I'm guessing you know without that phone call and letter from my doctor I would be surprised if I with the symptoms I had if I would get a test I'm still I'm still surprised mm. that I, I got the test they obviously you know I, I guess listening to my my wheezing and my cough at the time I guess they deemed it, you know, serious enough, like, state to be tested for. When you were thinking about going to the doctor and um, I guess you didn't think it would be COVID-19 at this point, did you think about um, calling the special helpline, the dedicated helpline uh, for coronavirus to get their opinion first? A lot. Because the sort of day before I went to my clinic, I wanted to know, you know if I should even bother going to the doctor because I thought they could, you know, because I've got a cough, I want to know, you know, if it doesn't have a fever with it, is there any point even going to my local doctor? Because mm. I don't want to put them in harm's way as well. You know, it's a bit, you know, it's not ideal going anywhere with, I guess, a symptom of it. But I didn't get any answer from the Tokyo line. Did, um, did you get through? Or? Setagaya. No, I didn't get through at all, not once. And I, I must have called. I, I tried them for quite a while as well. I was calling them a fair, fair bit. Um, I didn't get through even once. It was just yeah, busy, user busy, user busy every time. Yeah. Mm, which is not ideal. Mm. But I believe my friend did get through at some point on my behalf. A worried, a worried friend got through. But I'm not sure... But it wasn't good. It wasn't good, especially as I guess, you know, if, if I was really freaking out, um, which I was close to on Wednesday, actually. I, I kind of wanted to speak to somebody about it to make sure I shouldn't go to the hospital right away. So that wasn't that wasn't good. You get out of the hospital, you've been told to just wait for the test that it should be with you that evening, but you've not, you've, they don't escort you back home or anything to make sure you don't take a circuitous route around and touch stuff. No. Um, so it's all, all quite 
three at that point and then you get mm. home and what what was the process of waiting for the result like so the doctor told me that um you know just have to go home and self-isolate um with no other sort of caveats really and that if my test did come back positive um the the sort of rule in tokyo is that i would have to be hospitalized so she sort of explained to me that i'd have to potentially think about having a bag and a way of getting to the hospital and all of the stuff that comes with being hospitalised, I guess. And I've never been hospitalised in my life. I don't really know what that really entails. So I was like, okay, right, that's also a bit scary. Um, but that, that was basically it. And she just said, you know, go back and expect a result as soon as possible, really. And in the meantime, try to relax, I guess. So, mm. so how long did it take before, before that result actually came through? So I found out the result, um, I guess, about 48 hours, less than 48 hours after... I took the test. I'm guessing because my test was negative, obviously probably wasn't a priority for them to contact me. I'm not sure. Kind of my guess would be that uh, if you if I was positive, I would have found out probably the same day or straight away. You know, and then ba they basically said, you know, you've tested negative for COVID nineteen. Um, this means it's highly unlikely that you have it, but you should still continue self isolating for four days at least, um, and just keep an eye on your symptoms, basically. Yeah. So that was obviously a, a huge relief, um, and I guess it's probably going to go a long way to like relieve any of the anxiety around sort of my, my breathe, how my breathing was, mm. because I'm guessing like the anxiety of even having to do the test was, you know making things a lot worse. It all sort of compounds the news and going through this whole process definitely makes things a lot worse. You said that you know, they told you it's highly likely that you don't have COVID-19 and without trying to provoke any anxiety in you, do you worry that the test might not be completely accurate at all? I don't actually, I don't actually worry about that because I think, I guess, you know, the chance could be and probably is very, 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 very small. And it's more likely referencing, you know, I could have picked it up after taking that test and they obviously want to cover themselves for anywhere I go after that or, you know, things I do. So that doesn't worry me too much. The only thing that does worry me is obviously being in that environment is probably the most likely place to actually catch it. Well, I'm glad you tested negative. I hope the cough recovers soon yeah, and, uh, yeah, and you so, get better. Man. And let me know if you need any groceries at any point. Thank you. It's been a wild ride. At a highly anticipated news conference, Prime Minister Shinzo Abe announced last night that Tokyo and Osaka, as well as five prefectures, would be placed under a state of emergency. Abe said, the situation is getting desperate. In order for us to escape the emergency, the premise is to slash interaction among people between 70 and 80%. The state of emergency is expected to last until at least May the 6th. The same day, Tokyo Governor Yuriko Koike asked all residents of the capital to self-isolate until May the 6th to slow the spread of the virus. Also on Tuesday, Tokyo began transferring a handful of coronavirus patients with mild or no symptoms to a hotel in Chuo Ward to free up hospital beds for those most in need. 
under the previous policy, all those who tested positive for COVID-19 had to be admitted to hospitals to recover from the disease. To stay up to date with all the latest developments concerning coronavirus in Japan, head to the Japan Times COVID-19 updates page. A link is in the episode notes. You've been listening to Deep Dive with me, Oscar Boyd, and our guest this week was Joe Oliver, who's already feeling much better since I recorded with him on Saturday afternoon. If you like these episodes and want to stay up to date with us, subscribe to us on whichever podcasting platform you're using or sign up to our new mailing list. Another link to that will be in the episode notes. Thank you as always for listening. I hope you're all as safe and well as can be. Remember to wash your hands. And once you've done that, please do give us a rating or a review. It helps us to be discovered by more listeners around the world. Until next time. Pod Summer.